Join Rob and Jason on another epic episode of Really Epic. I doubt that. I should be getting hazard pay for this crap. It's building the game with Jason and Rob for tabletop game design. You really can't go wrong. Building the game, yeah. Building the game. Hello and uh, but that was a bad start. <clears throat> Let's try this again. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. I'm not going to start over again because I just don't care. It's Monday, October 15th, 2018. It's episode 334. Rob and Jason are here. Hi. Hi. Uh, it's another episode of the podcast. And uh, that's a cool thing that, that cool guys do uh, is they do podcasting. Jason, I'm stoked. Yeah. I'm super stoked. Because you, you want you want to happen this weekend? This, this happened uh, yesterday as of when this episode goes up. It hasn't happened yet for you and I. Okay. It's recording in advance, but this happened yesterday. So yesterday in Grand Rapids at the new virtual world uh, or the virtual geographic uh, league uh, location, their new, their new site. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, this weekend was Brocktoberfest. Cool. Yeah. So, so uh, in, in this is, this is Red Planet. Okay. Cool. Red Planet. So Red Planet. Uh, uh, back back in the day, back when I was going to the Pod Bay virtually every weekend here mm-hmm. in Kalamazoo and playing, uh, playing Red Planet and uh, BattleTech in the Virtual World pods. Uh, every October we would have Brocktoberfest uh, because kind of the iconic, the iconic VTV vector thrust vehicle in the Red Planet universe is is a vehicle called the Screaming Broccoli. It was a mule class vehicle, but its nickname was the Screaming Broccoli, and so we would have Brocktoberfest, where we would have a big party every October, and we would just play basically Red Planet for three days straight. Cool. It was great. So uh, this year, the uh, the folks up in Grand Rapids who are keeping the pods alive are having Brocktoberfest again at their new location. And I was up there yesterday, playing some uh, playing some Red Planet, and uh, and I brought with me my updated prototype for Red Planet. And I'm assuming I got some really good playtesting in. Hopefully, if everything goes as planned. Uh, including my first playtest of Martian football using cool. Red Planet rules. So uh, that's super, super cool. I'm super stoked. Uh, I, again, this hasn't happened yet for you and I while we're recording, but I'm really excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. going to see some old uh, old buddies. Um, uh, I, you're welcome to come if you want. That's on the 13th. Yeah, I can't. Okay. I, I had stuff. Okay. All right. Well, that's too bad. But uh, But yeah. So, um, so that's super cool. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm sure I had a great time because playing Red Planet is awesome. Uh, yeah. And check out mechjock.com for more information about the Virtual Geographic League and, uh, and the old Virtual World pods that include Red Planet and Battletech Firestorm. Cool. Yeah. Thanks very much to Nick for inviting me out. Yeah, that's awesome. He's yeah. a good guy. He is a good guy. Um. I haven't done a lot of development work on that since Gen Con. Of course, we did our playtesting. We talked about that right. though. Yep. Uh, so this will be my first time getting back to it. I've like, you know, I've been working on Item Shop and Hardpoint with some other folks since then. So I haven't had a lot of time to put into that. Um, so this will be the first time I'm getting back to Red Planet since then, which is nice. Yeah, nice little yeah. break from it. So you can get back and yeah, try yeah. It again. Um, and I, I'm enjoying 
that schedule with Red Planet that I'm not I'm not pushing too hard on it. So every time I come back to it, I'm excited about it and having fun with right. the development on it. That's important, yeah. and I, and it's it's keeping it keeping it fresh every time I come look come back to it. So um, so I like that. I think I think there are some Red Planet fans out there who are probably pissed off at me for not going a little harder on it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. But um, yeah, yeah, it's fitting fans my schedule. Are right always now. pissed. Yeah. So anyway, so that's what's happening with me. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah. You know, not a lot going on really. Okay. Um, I got an impending deadline here on the flood prototype to send it out to somebody. So, uh, I've been making some tweaks on that. I redid the boat now. So now the oh, boat yeah. from flood, uh, if you remember, it was just, uh, it was logs on the bottom, logs around the house, then the house. Yep. Uh, and then a mast that had three parts to it. Right. Now, uh, you, logs, cut, you cut the logs off the house. Yep. Yep. So now there's logs on the bottom and there's only like eight or ten of them now oh. i really cut it down oh, to wow. make it smaller okay um there's the small house uh which is the same thing without the logs around it mm-hmm. the mast is now one two three four five six pieces because oh. i basically instead of it just being a pole with two things on it i made it a pole with a cross beam mm-hmm. and that cut the mast into four sections that you have to build instead of the the, the um not the mast the uh sails in yeah. four sections right yeah. and then i added a rudder to the back Oh, cool, a rudder. So that's, that's a good idea. the fourth section to that's replace the missing section. Yeah. And now the supplies are off the boat and you can, oh. to make it easier to understand that you could always put something in supplies. It totally makes part sense. part of the boat. You don't have to build oh. toward that first. Right. Yeah. So um, I also made it way easier to build now. Uh, the main logs are easier to build. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, like you should complete the logs on the bottom. Like that's a thing you should do yeah. as you go. Uh, and it's an easy way to say I've got extra pieces. I, I want mm. in the game. So the game is going to end now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, no. Um, the game is going to end now. Right. We're done with it. So no. Uh, I what I would like is um, for the uh, game to the ending of the game to time with someone getting their boat completely done. Right. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, so not end when the flood hits, but when somebody's ready to float. Right. Okay. So. That's going to be hard to time though. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, I don't know that that's going to... I think the game will end either when the first person gets their boat ready or the flood hits. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So when you get your boat ready, one more turn for everyone. Right. And then, um, yeah. Yeah. So, or, you know, everyone else completes the turn, I guess. No, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, and then, um, yep. Because everybody gets the same number of turns, so it really doesn't matter. Um, Okay. Yeah, and that does not include supplies. So, or maybe it will. Yeah, because I think built and supplied, that's important. So, mm-hmm. um, and remember, you can put anything in supplies. So, yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Anything can go in there. Okay. Right. Well, neat. Right now, supplies require a crate. So, you want to make sure that you're not delaying too much on that because, in the end, of course, if you, that's all you need, yeah. everyone will dick you over and not let you have it unless you're the first player and you can get it. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. right because the, the crate is great for collecting stuff because it's four squares. Right, it's right. just not great for the rest. So, yeah. um, so we're gonna see how it plays this way. Um, the crate know. meaning the tool yeah. of the crate. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just for anybody out there. Correct. Okay. Well, right on. Good. Yeah. Um, and then um, I really need to get back to my um, old nesting doll game. That's not about nesting dolls anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to get. <laughs> I need to get back to that game. Um, the uh, guys uh, I played it with, uh, Neil, um, Kelly, um, Adam, and uh, Nate. That guy. Yeah, jerk. Um, they actually had some really good feedback. Uh, Neil especially, 
for a way that I could make it harder to play the game uh, stage-wise. And I'm super stoked about that because mm-hmm. um, that's what I was struggling with. Uh, and it also makes it simpler so that it's easy for everyone to understand what's happening. Yeah. But makes the game even harder as you move forward. Okay. So uh, I'm going to work a bit more on that. Talk to Neil about it because I want to get his input on it. Um, and then that's when I want to be able to start showing off next year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've also cool. considered making some pitch videos of my games. Oh. And contacting publishers and then sending them a video and saying, yeah. I mean, making videos in my wheelhouse. Uh, why not? Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so anyways, I'm thinking about doing that uh, just to try it out and uh, be like, hey, publisher, would you be interested in checking this game out? Here's a five-minute video you can watch, and you can see if it looks good or not. You know what? There's probably a lot of sense in that. Yeah. Um, and uh, Yeah. Um, something we should probably be doing more often, frankly. Right. And I just um, thought of, like, what's something that I'm good at that I could use to help me pitch to publishers? Absolutely. Like, yeah. I'm good at making videos. I might as well make videos. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I I kind of hinted out last week that that some folks were playing Hardpoint, and I was waiting to get some feedback on that. Uh, and as as we were we were messaging a little bit online in the middle of of answering some of their questions, I, I thought I had it hit me. I thought, oh gosh, I should have like recorded a video explaining this last night because it would have been so much easier to get the point across than trying to write out a page of instructions. Right. That was a really a big missed opportunity. Big time, yeah. So, yeah. When I send Mustachioed out to the guy who's going to take it back and show some other people for me, I'm planning on making a quick overview video of here's how you play. Yeah. Here's the point of the game. Here's what's funny. That way, when he explains it, Mm -hmm. he can either show them the video or he can explain it and know that he got it right. Yeah. So I don't think either of us have, have done this before. So typically when we've done pitches, we've done pitches in person, right? I've done pitch videos. Oh, you have? For the uh, Tagmire contest. Oh, that's right. I, I did that, like four videos for that. That's yeah. right. I did one for that, for Treasure Trouble. And that was, and of course he didn't pick the game. Right. Um, but I think that's the only time I've done like a pseudo game pitch that was not in person at a show. Right. Um. But I know that some people do that, right? Some people will just send send emails and then send prototypes or send right. e- email sell sheets or things. So that is something that just makes so much sense if you're just contacting somebody from email and it's not just it's not to set up a meeting at a right, show, right? right? But well, even if you're, you are doing that, I think there's plenty of logic in making a video, right? I mean, I'm not great with sell sheets. Like I can make a sell sheet, but it's not going to be anything. They're going to be like, oh yeah, that's the game. I mean. I made one for Minecart Madness once and it was great, mm-hmm. but it took me probably four or five hours. In that less than that time, I could have made a video mm-hmm. that would have been a better sell of the game than that sell sheet. So, yeah. um, plus, like, you never know if they quite get the rules. Yeah. This way, you're like, here's the idea of the game, here's why it's cool. You got questions, let's, let's Skype mm-hmm. and talk about it, right? I mean, yeah. it's so easy. Um, and who's not, you know, I, I talked to some publishers and they said, man, a five minute pitch, I'd watch that video every day. That's no problem. Like, because mm-hmm. there's no pressure. I watch your video. If I don't like it, I say, hey, man, not for me. No, thanks. Right. Like, done. Yeah. The challenge there is to make sure that you are showing the best the best features of your game and you're not getting bogged down in too many rules. Right. And too much of the minutia. Right. So you still have to think of it like a game pitch, right? Yep. Where you're showing, say, you while you're showing and, and saying what the game is and why it's great and right. why they should be excited about right. it. Yeah. And you know, I did that with flood at, um, grand con and got some interest in it just by doing that quick high level pitch thing. Yeah. You don't want to play this game. It's broken right now, but it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Here's how it works. Um, I feel like I can, I can easily get that across in a video mm-hmm. easily. Like, no problem. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and with a game like Flood is a great game to do with, right? Because it, it looks cool. It's got the pieces that make you go, oh, that's interesting, right? Yeah. And maybe it's being able to say, look, the game is set up. Boom, this is how you collect resources. Like, oh, wow, that's really neat. Yeah. And then I use them to build and I write in my sheet. Oh, that's really neat, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I mean, I could literally make a three-minute video about that game that should pique some interest. Yeah, um, totally. So... And yeah. then I'll just spam every publisher that's willing to take a peek at it. Yeah. So. And and frankly, that's something that you're going to be a lot better at than me. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just something that I'm used to doing. So. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I would be very slow at editing and making sure I got everything right, and probably doing a lot of takes to make sure everything felt snappy in the right, right. way. And right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I can. I mean, obviously, it's it's the same issue I have where you can graphic design something in ten yeah. minutes and it would take me two hours and it wouldn't look as good, right? Yeah. And the thing about video is, you have the talent that you could make it look as good as mine. It's it just going to take you a lot so longer. much yeah. longer. So um, yeah, because I just don't have the comfort with it. But it's nice because we're having the mics and stuff down here. I yeah. can just record some nice yeah. audio to describe what's happening. Right. Um, and yeah. actually, since I got the that new computer, um, I I don't have good software anymore for that. Neither do I. Actually, yeah. I need to buy something. I think I'm gonna get, pick up Adobe Premiere. Maybe yeah. I'm gonna see what iMovie can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, Five Final Cut Pro doesn't work anymore because I upgraded oh, my Mac right. and it's 64 bit now. And Final Cut Pro is yeah. 32. It doesn't. Yeah. It won't even open. And I, I I learned to really like Premiere back when I used to have it. Yeah, um, Premiere and Final Cut are very similar. Yeah. Okay. So I've worked in both. Yeah. No, I've not. I've never used like. Does Windows even still have their Movie Maker software built in? I don't, I don't even, know. I'm not even so, sure anymore. I know that I can use iMovie on my phone now. Oh, like I could literally shoot it and edit it all on my phone if I wanted to. It's ridiculous. So yeah, it is. So, <laughs> but what that means is I could also do it on a tablet, right? Yeah. Right, so getting right. an iPad and doing it that way—that's not that bad. It's not like, so bad. Yeah. That's probably just as easy as doing it on my computer. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I'm tired of like I don't know. I hate working down in this space. I know it's actually a good workspace, but like I find myself not wanting to sit down here and work. Really? So I actually think the next thing I get is going to be a MacBook, like a MacBook oh, wow. Pro. So that I have the option to sit upstairs at the counter and work or sit in the living room. Hmm. I don't know. I feel very disconnected. This is like the farthest point in the house from everyone else. It is about as far as way, so, way you know, from everybody as you can get. Yeah. 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 So yeah. See, I like that. That's good for me with my office to get far away. Right. Yeah. Um, well, Christine has an office too, right? So right. Yeah. This is not an office space. I have an office corner in a big, nice It's a family like, room. Rec room. Yeah. 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 No, granted, I mean... So like sometimes the kids will come down here when I want to work on stuff and it's terrible because like, <laughs> um, because I start working in five minutes and I'm putting Legos together and stuff and yeah. I love hanging out with my kids, but yeah. it's not productive, right? Sure, sure, sure. If we're upstairs and they're doing stuff, they're self-sufficient because they'll mm-hmm. just play on their own and they'll be fine. Me working on my computer is not exciting to them. Down yeah. here it is, yeah. right? So Yeah, we had some friends over about a month ago and uh, and we were giving them, because they'd never been over the house before and we were giving them the tour and took them up to my office and it's just, you know, it's my office slash closet slash whatever. My, it's just kind of my junk everything room. Right, right. And uh, and they they have a couple of kids and of course we don't. And 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 I said, yeah, that's my, yeah, it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. And he's like, you have no idea how good you have it. <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. I wish I had this half this much space to myself. Yeah. You have it so good. <laughs> it was it was kind of weird. That is funny. <laughs> well, like even me, I mean, we have a big house. Like our house is big. Yeah, it's a big house. Bigger than my house. Because we need to have a guest bedroom. Because uh, we need to have a guest bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have a you guest bedroom. You have to, says um, people who are not you. Yeah. Uh, because of that. <laughs> Mainly that, your mother, right? I have to, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
um, you know, we, uh, um, yeah, I'm stuck out here. So, um, yeah, so it's just not the best space for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I make the best out of it, you know, um, stuff hates it because it's always messy in this corner. Like the rest of the room will look nice and this corner is always messy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Like I, I can't help myself. Like I, <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, whatever. Well, that was some good talk about games. I feel like that was our topic. Let's just call it a show. Gosh, okay. How are we doing on time? Yeah, we're, we're doing not. pretty good. Uh, yeah. So this topic I don't think will take as long sure. as last time's. So uh, on the Twitters again, um, Seth Jaffe responded to our question for a topic and said, hey, Matt Wolf was just talking about this. Uh, and he said, so give me some pros and cons of this. And I think this is a fun topic. And yeah, it is, like it. Um, what is the what are the arguments for and against just slapping a generic kingdom theme on any game you have and shipping it off to a publisher? Because that theme is tried and true. Tons of publishers still eat that theme up of just your medieval theme, right? It's familiar. It's accessible. I mean, we even I, I we had Lanius try and sell us on that, right? Or at least I I had one time had Lanius sit down and say, "You your themes are wrong here. Just make it about orcs and knights." Right. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Uh so He was like, "Could you work in Cthulhu?" <laughs> um but but so so I think that's actually a really fascinating question and so from a, from from a pro side, I mean, so so Lanius's point was, you know, don't make people do any heavy lifting, right? Make it familiar. If if you make it these weird fantasy bizarre creatures that nobody's ever heard of, not only do they have to take time to learn the, how the game works, but they have to take take more time to learn your fiction and learn your world and understand right. all that. And and if you just make it generic fantasy, generic kingdom, whatever it is, right? Then then that's easy and that's accessible and it's already familiar, right? Right. And and there is a there's a ton of logic and and intelligence in that. Um and it's hard it's hard to argue against that, frankly. It is. I mean, there is there is a reason why they do that, right? Right. Yeah. Generic medieval or fantasy kingdom e theme makes a lot of sense it's so familiar right um uh reason why i against it uh-huh i would stop being a game designer if i had to do that so right so i think there are I, there are a couple of dozen reasons why we don't want to do that and why right. that's no fun why that's boring uh and it's but it it's, but all those arguments are just personal taste things right right do you remember this this argument came from a dude who made a game about wombats pooping <laughs> and also a game about yetis on mountains, right? With rocket yeah. skis. And I, I think I think Matt was was kind of kind of being silly when he asked the question, but it's it's still a question worth asking. It is, I yeah, don't know. yeah. Um, so I mean, arguments against that is is that it's just so generic, right? There's no there's nothing per, there's no personality to it, right? Where's your original voice in this, right? You know, it, because I I want my I want my designer voice to come in both with the mechanics and the, the thematic hooks. That's mm-hmm. that's kind of important to me. Um, uh, uh, so so your your personal influence, your personal voice gets muted, gets may maybe lost. I don't know. Um, it's boring. It's no fun. There's nothing original. There's nothing exciting. There's nothing surprising or new or fresh about that theme. Right. Um. Um. It, it, so so all of those arguments against it are all personal taste arguments. Well, no, not necessarily. If I'm a new designer, right, and I'm pitching to a big company, right. And mm-hmm. I'm just pitching him another Euro with a kingdom theme on it. Mm-hmm. 
why go with mine over someone else's? What makes them say, "Oh, Jason, you've got a, oh you've got a trading in the Mediterranean game." Oh, I, oh man, mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. to see that. That's true. But, well, so but there, then you're talking about the publisher's personal tastes, right? You know, but um, I'm talking about what makes you where that original voice is a sell, right? Sure, that original yeah. voice is part of the pitch. Yeah, right. Yeah, then that's true, and that that's a way to catch an eye or catch an ear. If you if you have thematically you have something more interesting or, or something different or something surprising, right? Yeah, um, I mean, I like pitching a feast for Pharaoh was hard for me because, mm-hmm. like, it's like when I go to pitch it, I want to be like, I'm sorry about the theme, like, I'm <laughs> sorry, the theme is 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 dull, right? But some people are like, oh, that theme speaks to me, and I'm like, oh, good, great. Do you want to publish this game? <laughs> yeah. Well, but but you're right about that, right? It's so that's another thing is that, um. Every publisher, not every publisher, but but most larger publishers, they have certain slots that they want to fill in their cat in their catalog, right? They want to have their fantasy game or their kingdom game, right? right. They want to have their sci-fi game. They want to have their pirate game. They want to have their old west game. They want to. Ha- there right. there are certain standards that at some point in the history of that publisher, they they want to hit those with their catalog, right? So that they can hit all of those popular markets. That's only some publishers, though. Not all of them, right? But but the bigger they are, the more likely they are to, to want to hit those those zones, right? Like when Greater Than uh, started getting bigger, they added more labels to their to their catalog or more la- publishing labels to their business, right? So that they could hit all those markets, but without like you know alienating their superhero fans, right? You know, right? Um, and and yeah. So uh, as an example, that's um, true. So the the bigger the publisher, the more they want to get with that. Unless there's somebody who's like hyper focused, like for example, Catalyst, right? Catalyst is right. hyper focused on sci-fi, right? You right. know, everything that they do, not everything, but most of what they do is going to be very science fiction focused. That's a good point. Yeah. Um. So yeah. But but smaller publishers at some point are also going to want to expand and get bigger, and then they're going to be thinking about broadening their their catalog and broadening their access and broadening their thematic appeal and if they don't have a fantasy game yet you know hey they're gonna they're probably gonna be seriously considering one right right um against my better judgment of course i'm working on item shop which is a fantasy themed game right right right, right. i'm I'm exaggerating i i really am enjoying that yeah but i mean but yeah the theme the theme is the most boring thing about the game right you at least took a twist sure. on a generic fantasy theme by saying, "Let's sure. make it about item shop." Right. To me, if you're gonna, um, to me, if you're going to uh, um, make a fantasy game, give it a twist that makes it interesting. And in the video game space, here's a great example: mm-hmm. Dungeon Keeper. Mm-hmm. Remember Dungeon Keeper? You know what? I just started replaying Dungeon Keeper and Dungeon Keeper Two. Were both for sale on GOG for like ninety nine cents each. Nice. I played like six hours of Dungeon Keeper Two right before we went on vacation. A few oh, weeks nice. Ago. Yeah, it's a great game. They're both right? so good, but yeah. Dungeon Keeper Two especially. Yeah, is, yeah. That that's the one for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are, um, you are doing the opposite right. of what you're normally doing in that game, right? right. That. In that, it still resonates yeah, all these sure. years later, right? Mm-hmm. I wonder if they have an iOS version of that. They do. Apparently, it's not very good. Oh, it's like it's, it's got a lot of microtransactions and timers and crap in it. All uh, the worst kind of yeah, mobile game yeah. crap. I mean, I, it doesn't hurt to try it, but right. yeah, it's, it's just too bad. I mean, I'd rather pay five bucks for a game and just have it leave me alone. Yeah, than, I, you know, I agree. There are certain too. games where I'm like, yeah, this is yeah. the type of game where you can play or you can spend money, but that's not that type of game. Yeah, no, I, but for real, GOG.com, you know, look for it. On, I don't know if it's playable on Mac or not. 
I keep forgetting that you have a Mac. Why do you have a Mac, dude? Because I love my Mac. Because Macs are terrible. They're not. You no. should just you should just have a PC. You'd yep. be so much happier. You'd be able to play so many more games. It. I could play like every other year. It'd be great. You could you could play all of the games if you had a PC. I wouldn't though because I wouldn't have time. Also, I have the Switch. I play games on my Switch. Yeah, love that. Anyway, <clears throat> yeah. So yeah. Your own little flavor to it, I, but I, I think I think it, what Matt was talking about was you know I have I have I have this thing that works mechanically. I don't know what to do with it. I could just slap this theme on it and start pitching it. Right, yeah. right. The um, the issue I guess I why it's so hard for me to think of that is because theme is such a driver for me. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to think that I would just take a game and then be like, I'm gonna put a fantasy theme on this because mm-hmm. i'm like what like the last time i worked on a fantasy game was the fantasy racing game yeah and that's because that was funny right mm-hmm. that was the joke like yeah it's a fantasy world about people racing yeah like because that doesn't make sense yeah let's make it about that and then somebody made that game right so and it was i guess it was pretty good i don't know i never played it, it looked all right yeah it looked good yeah, yeah. um so yeah so I, I, ultimately it's I think I think my feeling is it's a it, you as a designer is having that theme on it interesting to you or is it exciting to you or is it rewarding to you right and and if if you still see value in it if you if if you think that that theme complements the game mechanically and and helps people get into the game and enjoy the game there's no reason not to yeah i mean if your game is boring why not put a boring theme on it basically i'm just kidding (laughs) um if your game feels a little too exciting and you're like how do i how do i calm this down (laughs) how do i how do i pull back the enthusiasm how do i how do i calm players down give it that give it a kingdom i have a game about a fantasy building city (laughs) so i get it (laughs) yeah um but uh but so, so yeah but if you if you think that theme is boring when you're pitching that game to a publisher, that will come through. Oh yeah. If you're bored with the theme, they will see that. Even right. if it's subconscious, they will see that you don't care about the theme. Right. So so keep that in mind. So there's nothing wrong with just slapping a king, a generic kingdom theme on something and moving forward, but but know that if you're not excited about it, then the publisher probably won't be either. Right, so I, I play. I bought this game called Brothers yeah. at uh, Gen Con. I, I'm looking over there, but I don't. I, I saw that. Oh, it no, is I right see, there. Yeah, yeah I that's saw right the box. there. Still so, a shrink. Um, so of course, yes, please. <laughs> like when I can play the games I bought. Anyways, so here's the thing about that game, though. One thing, a mistake I think they made as a publisher. Yep. Personally. Yep. Um, so it's about two brothers, and when you first look at it, it looks like they're herding sheep and like cows, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, nope. that two fictional weird animals. What's why? Like, what is the point of that, right? I'm going to grab that box. Yeah, go for it. Now Rob's intrigued. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Wait, what? Can you tell from the box? Uh, Yeah, you can. It's these blue rabbit things. It looks like they're hurting. They're they're collecting. They're collecting bunnies and little, little, little like rock people. Yeah. Little rock monsters. Yeah. Yeah. But if you just glance, it looks like bunnies and sheep, right? Like blue rabbits and sheep. Oh, it looks like bunnies and sheep. Yes, yeah. right. But it's yeah. not. Like, it's, they're not sheep. Why not? So why not? Yeah, that's a good point. Because now I have to think about like, oh, your blue things you're hurting, right? Yeah. Like, like no, I want to think about the sheep and the bunnies because right. it's easier, right? Yeah, it is. So anyways, the artwork is great on the game. Though. Oh, like, it's I love super the artwork. Cute. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's super cute, yeah. 
Um, and I still bought the game, but halfway through the the play t- the demo, I realized that and was distracted the entire rest of the time. Um, who who does that, who did that game? Uh, who published that? Uh, publishers is Ankama A N K A M A. Okay, Ankama so, Ankama. So, anyways, uh, it's a great game. Um, and you shouldn't let that distract you from buying it. But that that is what popped into my head when you said, "Now I have to learn your fiction mm-hmm. to figure out the rest." Right. Step one, build your pens on the meadow and prevent your rival from building theirs. Step two, then switch roles. The two types of pens aren't played in the same way. Step three, adapt your strategy because the meadow changes shape every time you play. The words are in bold that I emphasize. Okay, cool. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think that theme sounds actually super boring to me, but I'm sure the game's fun. Yeah, the mechanically the game is great. It's a patchwork style game where you know, yeah, it looks yeah, it looks like tetrominoes. Yeah. yeah, that's how I'm saying that word now. It's tetromino. Tetrominoes. We're just gonna agree that's how we say that word. That, that's 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 the the way that I I like saying it. Sure, I don't really get tetromino sounds stupid. So tetrominoes. Tetrominoes. Yeah, that's the, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. Going we're gonna forward. stick with that. Right. I need to pitch a game now. Pitch a game now. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to pitch a role-playing game, Jason. I'm going to pitch a oh, role-playing game. Good. I just remember the first I was like, oh, gosh. But then I remember what it is. Now I'm excited. Yeah. So I'm going to pitch a role-playing game. So it's been a while since I, I, I toyed around with one of these ideas. Uh, I feel like... So obviously the one that keeps coming to mind for me was when I did uh, Fractured Arms. I feel like I've, I've poked at a few other ideas here and there. That was the big one, though. That was the big one. But, but this one that I'm going to talk about tonight is actually something I think I probably will actually prototype and probably will try and run with some friends sometime this fall i think it sounds fun so um it's not it's not a it's not a uh like a like an action rpg uh uh D style thing right it's more fiasco style where where the players Mm -hmm. are kind of working together to kind of do collaborative storytelling right there's not necessarily combat and rolling dice or anything like that it's it's a it's kind of like we're going to confront you we're going to where the the game master is going to set up a scenario and then the players will work together to kind of tell the story and see where where that goes and the scenario could literally be any setting literally any setting right we are we are not bound to fantasy or science fiction or anything like that much like fiasco again fiasco actually kind of thrives in real world environments real world settings where it's best yeah but uh but i think i think this could could fit kind of kind of sort of anywhere uh the burden being on of course the the game master to try and set up a good scenario and i've got some some concepts here anyway so the game, the game is a little, a little different. It's a little different, Jason. A little. It's just yeah. a little different. Okay. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it. Balls. Nope. I'm calling it Bingo Storyteller Edition. <laughs> this is a, this is a role-playing game that you play with a bingo set. Okay. Here's the here's the concept. All right, so so uh, at the start of the game, every player gets a bingo card, and it's just a straight up normal old bingo bingo card, five by five grid, B I N G O, free space in the middle. You know, nothing fancy. There's a thousand websites where you can go online and you can print, you can auto generate bingo cards. Uh, you can go to just about any dollar store uh, and and get a bingo set, a simple bingo cage and balls and whatever. Right. Yep. Bingo sets are cheap and plentiful. I'm sure there are a hundred different apps on your phone that you can use to pull bingo numbers, 
right? Super accessible, super easy. Okay. So at the start of the game, everybody gets a bingo card. The game master uh, has to fill the cage with the bingo balls and is the one who will be occasionally, you know, tumbling the cage and letting a ball fall out. Okay. Okay. The game master then will set up the scenario. This game master will say, this this is the scene, or this is this is the challenge, or this is the scenario that we've got. And you players, you are you are gonna take on, you are a person in this situation. Okay. I'll get to some scenarios where I describe that in more detail. What's the what's the scenario? Oh, we'll we'll just start with one. I'm just kidding. Well, we, I, that's fine though. We'll start with the first example that I that I kind of knocked together here. Um Aliens have landed on Earth for the first time in human history. The players are the team of experts sent to greet them. They must prepare for every possible outcome, as they don't know if the aliens are peaceful or warlike. And they do it through the power of song. B-I-N-G-O, B-I-N-G-O. Maybe. Um... So that, that's a simple example, right? right? Okay. So so then the game master would then go around the table and say, okay, everybody, tell me tell me what your character is and why you're on this team. Tell me why you're on this team, why the government chose you as, to be one of the people to go out there and be the first line, the first people to make first contact with an alien race. Well, I was chosen because I've been probed many times. So yeah, that's pretty much why. Yeah. Okay. And so, and, and, you know, and the game master might ask you questions to kind of challenge you on some of that or ask you to flesh out character, whatever. Right. Okay. Uh, uh, so, and then you go around, around the the table and everybody has to kind of explain who their character is and why they're there and what their role is. All right. And then, and then the game master begins the story and, uh, and as soon as possible, the, the, the game master will present the players with some kind of a choice. Uh, uh, probably one player individually, or maybe everybody together will make some kind of choice. Whatever, whatever, whatever comes up with a scenario with the story. Again, that's stuff that would be would be worked out in advance. You'd want to write up these scenarios and start with some some suggested first confrontations to see where the story goes. So then, a player, uh, the player says uh, in this in our alien scenario, maybe maybe the player says that you know the, the we have to or the scenarios were were in our you know our um, our hermetically sealed suits and we're approaching the flying saucer and the flying saucer has landed and it's landing gear down but there appears to be no point of access okay and and so the challenge then to players will from the gm to the players what are you guys going to do next and maybe one player says i'm going to go up and i'm going to uh examine examine the exterior of the the flying saucer to see if i can see any openings or buttons or any access points right and then and maybe and then the the game master will say okay that's an easy that's an easy thing and so if it's an easy challenge it's an easy thing to do the game master then is going to pull one ball from the bingo cage okay that ball let's say it's b12 okay and they'll say and the game master will say b12 if nobody if nobody has a B12 on their bingo card, then the person who says, I'm going to do it, go up and do that, and they're successful. And, and, and the game master says, okay, you're successful. Describe what, what your success is, right? But let's say somebody has that B12, one of the, maybe even one of the other players has the B12. They have to mark that on the bingo, bingo card, mark it as a hit. Mm-hmm. And then they have to describe how their character and the associated trait with the B affected the outcome of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so and and I have traits for each of the letters in bingo. Right. Okay. So B I N G O are bliss, intellect, nature, 
gloom, and oddity. Okay. So bliss is connected with happiness and positivity and, right. and, and cheerfulness and good outcomes and, and, and po- you know, good stuff. Okay. That's, that's countered by, by the G, which is gloom, which is anger and negativity and bad outcomes. Right. Okay. Consequences. Um, I and G are, are intellect and nature. Intellect is you're using your brains. You're thinking something through and you're, you're making deductions and drawing conclusions. Uh, whereas nature is instinctual. It's something, something you do automatically or reflexively without even thinking about it. Okay. And both of those things could have positive or negative outcomes, right? Right. Okay. And then, oh, the oddity is a non sequitur, something we didn't expect, you know, right. something that couldn't have been predicted. And so the player then will have to decide, the d- player who got the hit will have to decide how their character's uh, trait affected the outcome of that. Okay. okay. All right. And you could choose to make it positive or negative? It's up to the player. Okay. Right. The player who got the hit. What if two players? So if this was a more challenging uh, thing that the player was tr- attempting to do, you might t- pull two or three or even four ball- bingo balls from the cage. And that that indicates the uh, the bigger the impact. Now, if more than one player gets a hit, in fact, maybe two players both had a B12, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe we had two B12s and an I7 or an I21, right? Okay. Um in that case, those players have to collaborate to say, how, you know, what 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 happened? What came from me? What came from you? What came from you? And let's figure out what the result is. So let's talk together about what happens next in this story. Okay. Okay. So it's again, it's about collaboration. Now, uh, and then and you continue playing that way, and the story right. could just really kind of go go wherever it goes. Mm-hmm. Again, much like Fiasco, right? Uh, in some degree, um, when the, there will come a time. When um when somebody will get a full bingo five yeah. in a row yep up down or diagonal someone will get a full bingo, uh that represents uh, a turning point in the story that the GM will then narrate. Okay. Okay. And the GM will say okay, and, but it has to involve the character directly involve the character who got the bingo. Of course, yeah. Of course, right. Uh, and the GM will narrate that, and because it if it, and if it affects all five of their traits then that has to be factored in. But if it's a vertical bingo that is all about one trait, again, the GM has to narrate that and explain right. what happens. And they can certainly get input from the other players. That's right. Because, again, collaborative storytelling. Right. Um, the next step, then, is when somebody gets a full X, full X, two diagonals on the same card. That is a climax in the story. Okay. Some huge climactic moment again, and that is strictly identified only by the GM with no input from the other players. Okay. Okay. Uh, and, and that, that is a climactic moment. It might not be the final moment in the game because multiple people could get access at a different time, but it would be, it is a major climax in the story. Something major, something huge happens. Right. Okay. And then the final step is when somebody maxes out their card, completes their bingo card. As soon as one player completes their, their bingo card, covers all the spaces, then that, that is the end of the story. That is the true end, and, and, and the, the session is over. Cool. Okay? And that's the basic idea. Um, really, really stupid, right? Yeah. Really yeah. stupid and goofy, and I think it could be a lot of fun. I think so, too. Um, um, so something popped in my head, because sure. you told me about this earlier, too. Yeah. Um, you didn't explain all the letters, but you explained that every letter had a word. Something you could do if you wanted to have character creation, yeah, would be provide with the game a list of B words, I words, N words, G words, O words, and they pick one for each, and then write it in there in that letter, 
So like B for me might be brawn, right? And I might be intuition, right? Yeah. Um, So yeah, yeah. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It just means that every player could be slightly different that way. I really like that idea a lot. Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. That's beautiful. I'm definitely going to factor that. I need need at least like four different ones for each. I was going to say like five to 10 even. So that really like super feels unique. I struggled to come up with (laughs) a lot of options for all those letters, but that would just take more time. But yeah, Yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. I like that a lot. Well, let me know. We can brainstorm about it too. I'd be happy to throw some. So it's in the game, Jason. It's in the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so then you uh, have because it's funny because then you literally have character creation right pick words you want to describe your character right. or traits or or, or yeah, yeah. yeah characteristics right. yeah, yeah yeah and only but only one of right. each letter be boastful right you right know? yeah and that would also help you help you identify or create an identity for that character and connect backstory to it and that kind of stuff exactly that's great thanks that's a yeah. great idea okay I'll, I'll read off some of these other scenarios that i came up with here okay We're in the final days of a presidential election. The players are members of the candidate's election staff and are suddenly confronted with a major news story that could cost them the election. The story will go live tomorrow morning. The players need to either prepare for the fallout or find some way to keep it quiet. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Here's another one. The players are a team of brave adventurers who have arrived at the entrance to a grand temple. The grand mistress of the temple is an evil witch preparing to summon a foul demon from the netherworld, which will undoubtedly bring about a new age of pain and ruin. How will they stop her? Or maybe they won't. Nice. Maybe they'll join her. And the last one I got, I had fun with this one. A computer virus has been unleashed on the virtual cybernets and a terrorist group with which threatens, or excuse me, by a terrorist group which threatens to take down the whole system, rolling all of transhumanity back to the dark ages of the year 2000. The players are freelance web sliders who are used to skirting the neutron laws, but they've realized that the only way to stop the virus before it infects the ce- infects the central Sisto frame core is to work together or see their entire way of life changed for another 10 trillion cycles. That's great. So stupid right. generic. Can, can I add one? Yeah, please. It's Wednesday at the Shady Acres nursing home. And what is Wednesday? Bingo day. <laughs> Something is amiss. <laughs> and you, as residents of the Shady Acres, oh, must figure out what is going on and who is cheating at bingo. <laughs> All right. That scenario is called Murder is His Name-O. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? That's great. Um, or yeah. maybe like Vengeance is His Name-O. Right. But it's just like... um you know, um, cheater is his name. Uh, Cheaters. Yeah. yeah. That, trying to figure out who's cheating at bingo. No, hey, yeah. That's it could be, any, could be right? one of the players, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the idea. Is yeah. It might be. Yeah. That's great. I like that a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm kind of in love with this idea right now. So much so that I almost on lunch today at work went to the Five Below <laughs> store and, and to see if I could buy a bingo cage. Nice. Oh, that's great. No, I, I really want to play this game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this, <laughs> this is a game where uh, it would be very fun to get a group of people together and record a play test. Oh of it. yeah, totally. Totally. Um, because man, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> you know, it could take, it take, it could take an hour or a couple hours, but I, I don't imagine much more than that. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think it would play pretty quickly. It'd be fun and goofy. Um, it's also the kind of thing where like, that's all the rules you need to know right there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it would be easy to just write up rules on a single page and just 
put out a PDF. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, you could have one page is the, is the rules, one page is the character uh, creation, one page is scenarios. Scenarios, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So I, I'm kind of I'm kind of enamored by the idea right now. It's really good, yeah. Um, All it, because we played stupid bingo We played work. bingo at work, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I didn't play bingo. <laughs> you were out, but so. the rest of us played bingo. Um, and bingo is such a stupid game, right? It is. It's stupid. Um, but it's fun. Right. It's fun. Um, it's fun to get really angry about bingo. That's right. part of the fun for me at work is when I'm losing to get really angry and send a lot of angry you emails. You did send a lot of angry emails. I did. Yeah. It's part of the fun. Threatened someone on your staff for being yeah. bad at pulling balls. Yeah. Out. I yeah. threatened to fire somebody cause he was pulling the wrong numbers. Yeah. It's great. It's great fun. And then in the, your boss's boss chimed and said, good job. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Um, so good, clean fun right there. Bingo. Right. <laughs> so anyways, great. Yeah. Um, All right. Cool. So do we have anything else for tonight? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, but uh, next week is going to be a very special episode. A very, spe- very special episode of Building the If you game. follow Twitter, you, Isaac, spoiler alert, it's because you suggested we do something and I said, Rob will hate that. Let's do it. It's all your fault, Isaac. Thanks, buddy. So stay tuned uh, one week from today for that new episode of Building the Game, a documented podcast, which will go live. Uh, if you want to uh, contribute to the show, the best way to do that would be to, well, there's a couple of ways. Number one, you can send us an email to buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You could also tweet uh, tweet to us. Uh, the podcast is at, uh, excuse me, at podcastbtg. If you want to tweet at Jason, it's at J.A. Slingerland. If you want to tweet at me, it's at poorly underscore design. You can also call our Google voice number. This really is kind of our favorite way for you to... Absolute to, favorite. Right. To, to, to talk to us. And that's that's to literally talk to us by calling our Google voice number at 770-TEL-BTG. Uh, you can uh, uh, buy our games. You know, that'd be cool. Buy Pick up a copy of Saloon Tycoon or Epic Monster Tea Party or uh, 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 let's see. Uh, hopefully uh, it won't be too long before Into the Black Forest is available. But you can yeah. get a copy of Unreal Estate right away. Um, and then there's stuff we have on Game Crafter as well. Um, and uh, I totally lost track of this. I was trying to be creative in how I uh, closed the episode out, but I that'll teach you. I just I just got out of my routine, and so I I totally lost it. So that's enough for tonight. Thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. <laughs>